You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network, where we share stories of people becoming who they were made to be. My name is Emily Cummins. This week, Nick and Lydia Goodner are sharing their becoming story. Nick and Lydia are from Orlando, Florida. They're the founders of Creative Church, a new platform blending traditional online publication with the vibrancy of an online community. Aside from their work with Creative Church, they run a blog site geared towards fellow Disney nerds called Dislando, and they work to help nonprofits build authentic brands with their company, G28 Creatives. Their goal in life is to bring people together around shared passions, conversations, and ideas. Here is my conversation with Nick and Lydia Goodner. Nick and Lydia, how's it going, guys? Hey, Emily, it's good. Hi, Emily. Hey, it feels really cool and also so weird, Nick, to be interviewing <laughs> you. <laughs> I love it. I will say, I will say, I think we ought to start starting the Creative Church podcast off with prayer each week. Like you're oh, going to lead us in prayer yeah. now from each each time. You got to bring the Lord in for that. listeners, yes. lis- <laughs> listeners who don't know what's going on. Emily prayed before the podcast, which was awesome. So I think that we ought to do that every week. Well, it helps me, I mean, you know, remind myself, and I do this before every Becoming story at becomingme.tv. And then as this podcast has been being prepared for launch, um, it reminds me of why we do this, why we share our stories. And it's never about us because Becoming Me truly is rooted in knowing who you are in Christ. And um, so that's why I like doing that. So let's game on for the Creative Church podcast. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so many people probably are tuning in and knowing who you are, the founders of Creative Church, but they might not know your story or some of the really fun things about you. So let's kick off today's conversation with y'all telling us a little bit about Nick and Lydia. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, Who the heck are we, Nick? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good, good question. Uh, I would say that uh, we, we obviously we love Disney. Um, of course. We, you know, we're former church creators. Uh, we've worked in churches. I've worked in a church since I was, what, 15 years old? Wow. Something like that. So not 15. I Lid, didn't know you when you were 15. Lid didn't so know me when I was 15, so she doesn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we, you know, we've done that. And then uh, we've done Creative Church for past, uh, almost three years now. And uh, we've loved every minute of it. We're, I guess we, you could say we're workaholics. So You're passionate. Yeah, we're very passionate do. about what is we do. Is that how you say that in a nice way? Exactly. Yeah, that's how yeah. you say that in a very Christian way. Is work. <laughs> <laughs> You're not workaholics. You're just very passionate yeah. about what you wink, do. Wink. Exactly. Yeah. So what about you, Lid? What's what's some of your Um, well, um, just about us, like we've been married for this is the fifth year, right? Oh, yeah, this the will date be, person. Yeah, this will be <laughs> so the fifth year. Yeah. So you know more than I do. Um, but we were dating for like three months and then got married. So it was no like way. <laughs> yes, wait. It was <gasps> insane. But it's been an awesome ride and um we've done a lot of stuff together. Um started a few projects and that just fell flat on their face. Mm-hmm. But this creative church thing just was really, it came out of something that was truly authentic as far as where we were at that point in our lives. So it's been really fun to do creative church and just to really be a part in here 
everyone else's story and how it's affected them as well. That's awesome. I love it. So, you know, you, you started to dive into and allude to some of both of your story. And I would love for you guys to just unpack your story. How did the Goodners get to where you are today? Um, so I guess I'll start. Uh, so I grew up, um, my, I, I really, I come from three generations of uh, either pastors or church leaders. Um, and my great grandfather was a youth evangelist. My grandfather was like a bishop in the church of God. And then my parents were church planters. So growing up, I've kind of always been around ministry and done ministry things. So I really didn't see any other path for my life. Um, I've always felt that call of God that I wanted to be in ministry. And originally I wanted to be a pastor, um, which, uh, I didn't become a pastor. Uh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I grew up doing this and helping my, you know, over a seven year span, I think my parents helped four or five church plants. And, uh, you know, so I've been volunteering and kids and youth and all that other jazz since I was 12 or 15 years old. I've always been, you know, working in church. And so I went to Bible school and left Bible school after I, after I finished, uh, moved to Orlando, Florida to help a church plant outside of my family. And that's where I, that's where I met Lid. Lid had gone off to help the same church plant. And, uh, we were, we went to Bible school together. I tell people this all the time. We went to Bible school at the same time, but we didn't really know each other at all. We met uh, one time. We met, yeah, one time. And I think that was just before, cause the youth pastor that was at this church that was leaving to go plant the church in Orlando, uh, he kind of invited us all to dinner to talk about, uh, moving down there to help him. And that's the first time and the only time we met. And, uh, we can cut this out, but we actually lived in the same house while we were dating, um, which I don't recommend a, for a lot of people. Um, and Lid said we dated for three months. We were we were together for a year because we were the only people that really knew each other um, in and Orlando. Worked at the yeah, and worked at the church, so we were around each other a lot. Um, so we, you know, while we say we only dated officially for three months, we actually dated for um, almost a year there, uh, getting to know each other and learning how to work together. And then uh, we we got. We got together, we got started dating and we felt, you know, we can't really date and be in the same household. Uh, so we decided, you know, we, we best move on and we couldn't afford to stay in Orlando at the time, but we loved being here in Florida because originally I'm from, I'm from this area. So, um, my mom actually funny, my mom grew up in Ocala. So, no uh, way. yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from this part of Florida. And so I really loved it, loved being here, but we couldn't stay. So we moved back in with our parents. Uh, she went back to Texas. I went to Tennessee. And uh, for about three months, um, this was whenever we were dating, by the way. Okay. We dated a long distance for three months. Um, and then we got married in December. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, you know, we, we had a, a little small 10-person wedding in uh, in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, in a, on a pier on a lake. And it was oh. 32 degrees outside. And, wow. uh Yeah. So then that's where our, our story kind of picked up. <laughs> And yeah, so we've we've been married for crazy. Yeah, we've been married for five years, and it's funny. It's funny. Uh, I kind of I'm one of those numbers people. I like the mm -hmm. number twenty eight. You know, uh -huh. it's my birthday. It's the day we launched the company. It's also the day Lynn and I got married. So wow. twenty eight is kind of significant for us, and it's also the day we launched Creative Church. We launched Creative Church on March October twenty eighth. So we've so always cool. kind of done things on the twenty eighth. Um, so that's kind of if you wanted to know where G twenty eight comes from, that's that's where it, it comes from. And uh, Good Nurse 28 is actually what it stands for. So, yeah, so we got married um, and then we moved to Tulsa for about three months. And then a pastor friend of ours was starting a church in Bartlesville. Okay. And we're like, okay, let's go to Bartlesville and help this, you know, be on staff at a church. This was the first time I was super excited because it was the first time I was ever going to be pastor 
uh, be and paid, be paid at a wow. church. Like, you know, cause we'd volunteered yeah. so much and, uh, we we're going to get paid to do what we we're going to do. And, uh, lid was excited. I was excited. And, uh, and we, we jumped full, you know, whole hog full, full in. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop mm-hmm. right there. That's where I'm going to wrap the story. Lid, you get to tell okay. up until, you know, go ahead, tell your part of the story, um, up until that and part. And then we'll so, meet there. Yeah. We'll hey, meet there. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I'm the eldest of all brothers. Okay. <laughs> and so um, we're all super close in age. And so like all of my brothers have kids and things right now. So it's awesome. Uh, anyways, so I'm in originally from East Texas, a small town there called Lindale. Um, that's where I was born, raised and grew up. Um, my parents um, both were not from Christian homes. And so, uh, early on in our, my life, it was not a Christian environment. And then my mom got saved at an assembly of God church and it completely shifted our whole life. And it was fantastic. So yeah, it was great. And, um, so I grew up there in Lindale, um, graduated and went to, uh, Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm going to tell a little bit about my side of my story meeting, Nick. Oh, yes. It was so funny. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Funny for me. Um, I have a weird sense of humor. So when I first met Nick, um, he was driving a minivan. No. Yes. And the large family totally explains it, but my family didn't live with us at the time though. They'd given me the minivan. Yeah. To stay at Bible school with, but I just, hold on. I just remember thinking, what the heck is this (laughs) six foot tall kid doing driving this minivan around? I thought it was the funniest thing ever and probably the funniest way that I've ever met a person in my life. So that really stuck with me when I first met Nick. So first impressions do matter. Um, But he um, also... uh, Nick tried to play the, what is that show that used to be on TV where they did the trivia in the taxi? Cash Cab. <laughs> That's what it was. No way. Yes. So Nick tried to play Cash Cab. With... I wouldn't say try to play. I did play. Because oh, okay. that was a good role. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt that, you know, the Cash Cab thing was the only way that these people could earn their fare in my, in my minivan. Well, whatever yeah. works. Yeah, yeah whatever you know? works. Yeah, that's true. But anyways, so that was pretty fun. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um. Man, uh, during that whole time, like I totally thought I knew what I wanted to do with my life. And a part of that was after I graduated, um, I was working for the ministry that held the Bible school there in Tulsa. And I knew immediately that this is what I want to do. I want to help nonprofits. I want to help churches. I want to help ministries. Um, Communication with communication. That's where I kind of find my niche. So I ended up moving to Florida to help a church plant. And that's what I helped him do. I helped him um, establish their identity and what they wanted to communicate to the community around us here in Orlando. So that was really fun. Um, And then, of course, Nick came. He kind of filled in that part of the story. But I was here um, the only volunteer on, quote unquote, staff at the church for maybe a good year and a, and a half before Nick got here. And that was a really trying time for me personally, um, because growing up, 
Um, it was a bit difficult because um, for myself and my relationship with my siblings, I was always close by in their lives. If something happened, I would drive the five hours from Tulsa just to go and help out my family. So being in Florida was a huge um, thing for me, uh, being so far away, you know, so, so getting to Bartlesville, yeah, Oklahoma. So getting, getting all the way to Bartlesville. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we jumped in, like I said, full force, full, full hog, whole hog. Um, uh, we got there and, you know, we started, you know, helping these people change what they're doing. You know, they're friends of ours. So we had a lot of lead way and discussions about what was wrong and what they were doing, what we felt they were doing, you know, incorrectly. And uh, from what we had seen in other churches uh, about December, we were, we started in August and December, they kind of stopped talking to us. Uh, communication kind of deteriorated a little bit. They made some decisions with because they, they had inherited a financial mess from previous um, people. Um, so, you know, they were, they were helping, they were, they were the new pastors of this church. So this church had been around for 10 years. They had just taken over about a year prior before we got there. And so they were, uh, still trying to make things work. And so they'd inherited a real big financial mess and a big mishap from the previous pastor and some things that had been left unpaid and some things that had been left, uh, really just really trashed. And so the board that was on the church staff, the financial board was really pushing them to sell the building because um, you know, they, all their names were on the lease and they kind of wanted to get out of this, you know, pit hole. And so they wound up selling the building. Um, and then they moved into a movie theater, uh, oh, which wow. was an old, really decrepit movie theater. Oh, uh, it was bad. Oh, wow. It was really bad. Um, and you know, and this is, this is kind of where, you know, we had a lot of tension that built up between us and the pastor and the leadership, because, you know, in my mind, you always take steps, you don't take leaps. Um, and they took some big leaps with this building and, a few months later, uh, they resigned as pastors and the church kind of closed. Um, we, you know, we, we always say that the church closed. They told us the church was closing and, uh, that's kind of the last thing we knew that I do. I do think that they tried to kind of keep it open a few more weeks after we had left, but, uh, I, it did eventually completely shut down. That really just left us in a huge, uh, heartache, heartache. Um, because, you know, for months following, uh, we just, you know, really we're kicking ourselves because it was something we were very passionate about uh, doing and very passionate about helping. And whenever you're that young, I think we were like 20 at the time I was 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that uh, was five years ago. So yeah. Um, you know, whenever you're that young and something fails and you fell flat on your face, you know, you get that kick in your teeth and it's like, Oh God, I suck. And uh, all this, all this thing, all this, you know, passion that I had growing up and I was going to be a pastor and all this stuff. It's all a wash now. I couldn't do it. Um, and it, it really hurt. It really did. So for about six, seven months afterwards, we kind of just moped around. Um, it was an intense, intense moping session, but we did it. Uh, and then um, we decided, you know, we got, we got to, we got to kind of pull ourselves up out of the rut that we're in. It's kind of funny where we were because Bartleville is in the area that it is in North Oklahoma. It's kind of like the mecca of the area. Like it's the only quote unquote metropolis place. So I feel like that's kind of a good visual to where we were. Like Mm -hmm. we were just stuck out in the middle of nowhere. Um, That's really how it felt. It is. Um, It is this little, I mean, it looks like a, like a, like a larger town because it has these large buildings because of uh, ConocoPhillips. Um, they built up some large, mm-hmm. large, uh, office space 
and they have like the Price Tower, which is like a very historical building that was built by Frank Lloyd Wright. And so it's it's really like this little gym, and then you're surrounded by farmland. Oh my goodness! So like you 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 go literally, wow. you go a hundred yards outside of this little little metropolis, and it's farm, like just mm-hmm. completely surrounded by farms. Uh, so it did. It, it was like we're out in the middle of nowhere, and we don't know what to do. And so that's whenever we decided, you know, we got to kind of pull ourselves up out of the rut. And uh, I started an Instagram account called uh, The Creative Church. And uh, yeah, I was wow. really clever with those names. I think the vows were existing at yeah, the time. Yeah, the, the vows were there. A lot of people get on to me for removing those vows. The vow removal didn't come until a lot later. No way. Um, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so we didn't remove the vows until about like a year afterwards, after we'd started. Because there was another company called Creative Church. So okay. we, we, we deleted the vows and that's how we stuck with our name. Um, So yeah, we, we started Creative Church and it... I, I think I always tell the story. I say we we started it because we wanted to promote. This sounds really bad. We wanted to promote our business at the time. Okay. So we're like, well, we know how to sell to churches. So we'll just start this and, you know, we'll, we'll use yeah. it to leverage, you know, and sell to churches. That's one of those things, you know, what Satan intended for hmm. bad, God made good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, yeah. you know, that's really a cheap, cheap way to look at it. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't like two months later. I was, I was like, oh my gosh, not even this, that long. Yeah, it was, it was literally probably a few weeks after we started. I mean, the the, the account blew up. People were following us and uh, messaging you, know, you messaging now. us, talking to us, and it was just like, oh man, we we might have something here that's hmm. not a advertisement platform right. for ourselves. And uh, you know, that's when we're like, we could build community, and community can community can look a little bit differently than uh, what we've been accustomed to. Um, especially for us church leaders. Uh, I think that a lot of times as church leaders, we forget that we have to have a church ourselves. Right. Oh yeah. And, uh, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the reason for creative church is we wanted to have kind of a church for the church and we want it to be able to bring a community of church leaders together, you know, and we do, we do some fun stuff. We do some some uh some corny stuff you know if you listen to the creative church podcast you uh, know that uh emily knows uh, she's, on it. she's creating that it's so much stuff. fun yeah. Come it on. is yeah but you know and we, but we have also have this really deep part of ourselves i feel like that you know we do devotionals and we do like this podcast becoming me and you know we really want to help people you know become who they are and be more secure in their creativity so man i love that did you guys ever see like when you created creative church did you foresee it becoming what it is today? Mm. <laughs> I don't honestly I don't know. know. I don't think so. Um, whenever Nick started the Instagram, I um, first of all, he didn't tell me that he did it <laughs> and he did it and he goes, oh, my gosh, Leah, look at what's happening. No way. Yeah. Like, I think it, at the time he would message me where I worked on Facebook Messenger uh, we now have 500 followers on the oh Instagram account that I made yesterday. So it was crazy. I think, I think one time Ed Young liked one of the tweets no or way. one of the messages and I freaked out and I was like, Oh my God, Ed Young <laughs> just liked one of our posts. Look, 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 look. Yeah. So awesome. like I was sending pictures and it was, it was, it was kind of cute. Um, but yeah, I don't think that we ever thought that it was going to become, you know, we, I, I guess I, to back up a little, we did have like a little magazine thing that we tried a couple years before creative church. A lot of people don't know this. We tried something called Square One, and it was like for business leaders and stuff, to, you know, like tell their stories. And uh, you know, because I've always been a writer, um, I've been I've been a writer now for ten years, and so we tried that little blog site, and it didn't work. Um, yeah. So, and uh, we actually gave that site up because we were going to help the church um, plant, and it's almost like God has uh, rewarded us for that. Mm. 
you know, we, we kind of sacrificed that and laid that down to help the church plant. Um, and it was something we were, we were also very passionate about this, this little magazine. And now God is like, here, you're going to get back what, what, uh, what, what you've given up. And, and that's kind of, it's been awesome because, you know, I really didn't, like I said, I didn't think Crib Church would become this. I honestly thought it was going to be our business that we were going to be mm. working for for the rest of our Not lives. Not only that, but kind of like a selfish thing for us because yeah. we felt so alone after yeah. all of that happened mm-hmm. um, there at that church. And then, you know, we were angry at ourselves mm. for letting go of Square One magazine and things like mm. that. So we just wanted somewhere that, you know, when people that do what we do feel down or discouraged or alone that there's somewhere that they can run to to mm-hmm. talk to somebody or at least recognize that they're not alone mm-hmm. um so that's really i mean we honestly we mm-hmm. wanted to create some sort of community that we uh connected with or had some sort of um commonality between us all um cuz being a to me being a creative in the church is completely different from being a pastor in the church. You know, there may yeah. be things that do cross over, but for the most part, I think creatives just think in a whole different way <laughs> than than normal people think. So, um they they need to know that each other are there, especially, you know. Absolutely. I love how you described that be- and it's so true and what creative church has become. Like even in my, you know, role at Church of Hope, anytime I think of a question or something I would want to bounce off of someone else in this field, I immediately think of Creative Church and hop on the Facebook page and see what other people are sharing. And it's so helpful, that community and the reminder that we aren't alone. We're not the only one, you know, dealing with the same questions or frustrations or confusion. Um, So I love it. And I love that you guys started Creative Church trusting it in God's hands, not really, you know, knowing what it would be or become, and then how you're faithfully stewarding it years later. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. I mean, if we're going to get on the honest train too, I think we thought about giving up a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> but absolutely. Yeah, we, I think that's only, stuck only, out. only once every three weeks. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. He was like, Hey, can we quit this now? Um, <laughs> At least it's not every three hours anymore. You know, we've upgraded. Yeah, originally it was, yeah. Every three hours. Hey, maybe we're doing too much work. <laughs> and that's normal. I think, you know, when you're starting something that you don't have a strategic game plan for and you're taking it one step at a time. I mean, that's how becoming me.tv launched. It was just a blog and then it kind of became a thing and everybody asked, what are you doing with this thing? I don't know. I'm just sharing how we're becoming and that's all I know. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you just have to take it one day at a time. And, you know, with that word becoming, um, I would love to know what, what becoming me means to both of you. So, um, Becoming me. Okay. So just, I'm going to blame it on our marriage. (laughs) It has caused me to question a lot of things that I thought I knew for sure Mm. were never going to change or always going to be consistent. So for me, becoming me just really means that, um, I mean, you kind of got to be like a river, you know, Mm. ready to change and just shift your identity, um, to the, you know, Nick's laughing at me. <laughs> I love this analogy. It's beautiful. But it's No, so I was laughing because mine's kind of the opposite. <laughs> oh, yeah, Nick wants to be the rock holder uh, on the side. <laughs> I love it. I so, love it. like, becoming me, for me, was what I wrote down was uh, it's finding your center and mm-hmm. really settling that calling that you have. 
Um, there's so many things I think sometimes that I can be. Um, like, you know, I could be a designer, I can go off and be a writer, you know, I could go try to be a imagineer at Disney. Um, but I have to recenter myself and really remember what, you know, I should be and what God has called me to be. So that's kind of what becoming me means uh, to me. Yeah, I can, I can kind of go off that a little bit because there is that center and, you know, they're always, I, you know, like I said before, I knew that I wanted to help ministries, nonprofits, you know, organizations help and assist with their communication style and basically talking like a normal person is going to read what they say. So, you know, just helping that connection there. So I always knew that. But as far as like on a personal level and doing things like creative church and doing things that are that we're passionate about, um, to me, um, they require you to shift and change and flow and just to be the person that that moment really demands in light of what Nick said, you know, I really think that that's where the becoming me, you really figure out like, okay, right now, this is where I fit based on what I'm yeah. good at. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because anytime, I mean, anytime you're following God and you know, you, you've got, you've got what you know, you're supposed to yeah. be, you got right. your center, but anytime you're following God, it's, it's never leaps. You know, God doesn't mm. just leap you from one thing to the next. He always gives you steps. Yep. And uh, so the part of faith that, you know, I learned kind of early on was that you're taking a step. And yes, this next step looks very, very concrete. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. But the 30 steps that are in front of it, you have no idea what's going yeah. to happen. Yep. And that's really the faith that we have in God, that we're going to mm-hmm. take that step out and we're going to step into this concrete step and that he's going to be there to give mm-hmm. us another concrete step. And that's it goes back to that flowing like a river. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to change. Sometimes you're going to go a little bit yeah. different direction than what you thought. Yeah. But that's what that's what it is mm-hmm. to find your center and really follow uh, who's God made you to be. I love how you just described that. And that's so much of what mm-hmm. becoming me means to me as well, because um, I, you know, always fought and struggled with perfection and wanting to have, you know, leap the leapfrog links in, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in my life. And God consistently is just like, I didn't make you to be perfect, but I made you to trust me with each step in front of you today. And like you said, Lydia, Mm -hmm. showing up and being who I made you to be in this moment, in this role with these people, Mm -hmm. and then you'll grow and change for new moments. So I love, I love what that means to you guys. And if you were having a Disney day with (laughs) another person or a couple and you're encouraging them on their own becoming journey. I mean, what would you guys say? First off, I'm glad you changed this from your original <laughs> question. Because your original question was, if you were having coffee with someone. That would only be mean. I'm um, the one that drinks coffee. To which, yeah, yes, to which I wrote down, oh. I wrote down first, coffee is gross. So now I can't even use that. So I, I, have, <laughs> I have to explain what's going on here. Um, I, don't I love like, it. Uh, but anyway, do you want to, you, you go first because you're yeah, the one who has Yeah, because this is to, where you'll steal my answer yeah, if I'm not careful. Yeah, this is answer, yeah. Um, so... The first thing that really popped into my head was um, be patient. Um, I feel like in the culture today, especially with Facebook, but just being like a thumb touch away or a click away from, you know, wherever we are at a moment's notice. But um, we're just being crammed with so much information all the time that I feel like um, our brains just have to know things now. And that's something that I've struggled with, especially in marriage and creative church in my professional life is just to be patient. I am such an impatient person when it comes to uh, understanding and knowing myself 
and what that means and how I use it and things like that. So that would, that would be the one thing that I feel I would tell someone is just be patient in figuring out what defines you as a person and, and what you want to be. Um, again, I thought I was a person that knew exactly where everything was going, but when I met Nick and it kind of like changed everything. So it was, um, definitely a patient process to work through. (laughs) (laughs) I'm using my hands to talk a lot right now. So I'm making sure to hold my hands down so I don't do it. We're working off an ironing board people. Um, and she keeps tapping the thing and it keeps bumping the mic. And I know, I know that's going to be heck for the editor. Um, uh, we got to protect the audio. We got to protect the audio. Um, so I mean, my answer would be, um, there's parts of your story that, you know, have a massive impact and they'll make a massive impact and they'll kind of be the thing that shifts you into one direction. Um, you know, like with us, it was Bartlesville that kind of shifted us into that direction. But now as we're growing, you know, we're coming up on three years, that part of our story is not as big as it used to be. And, uh, that's, that's kind of scary because that's kind of the basis of what we did with creative church. And, uh, and and so now it's like, well, but we got to go somewhere new. You know, God's like, you got to go somewhere new. So new. So that part of that story that we've been highlighting this entire time, we've kind of had to say, okay, well, we're going to kind of move away from it now. And uh, I think that's okay. You got to let the past go sometimes. Um, and you got to be okay with that. And it's not that it doesn't matter or that it's no longer an impact on your life or no, it's, it's no longer, um, you know, a part of your story, but it's not going to be the big thing anymore. Um, you know, we're having to learn how to redefine ourselves and learn how to, uh, learn how to say what we want to say without that part of our story anymore. Um, because, because, you know, like we can't, we, we can't always, uh, I'm trying to say that the right way. Let it hang on. Yeah. We can't let it hang on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's not that it doesn't matter anymore or that's, you know, some, some reason it's, you know, no longer there. It's just, it's not something that we need to be highlighting anymore. We really need to be highlighting the fact that, you know, we've now we've built a community and here's where we're going with the community. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you can't become who you were made to be if you're still hanging on to who you were yesterday right. yeah. and you That's have good. to let go to grow um, and take, as you mentioned earlier, that step today and then the next step tomorrow. Um, I, I mean, I love how you both unpacked that and thank you for just unpacking your journey and your story, how Creative totally. Church became what it is. And then the two people behind Creative Church. Um, often it's easy to just see this really cool community and then, um, you know, not know the story behind it. And so I loved hearing how both of you met, um, who you were back then, and then now who you are becoming and, and seeing what's happening next with Creative Church. So thank you for sharing that. And and really thank you both for leading Creative Church. I know it's a lot of work. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't see. But what you are building and creating is making an eternal difference. And I know I speak for the Creative Church community and saying thank you for doing that. Well, thank you, Emily. It's yeah, thanks. Really appreciate that. It's always nice to hear, um, you know, good stuff. And by the way, full disclosure, Emily invited us on this podcast. <laughs> we did not say that we were just going to come on here and tell our story. She, she invited us. So uh, I really do appreciate for you for having us on your podcast. Hey, um, it was an honor. Yeah. Yeah. Thank totally. you so much. Emily. Thank you. Thank you. To learn more about Nick and Lydia and to connect with them, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network. For more information about Becoming Me, visit us at becomingme.tv. 
Also, connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook on at becomingme.tv. And don't forget to connect with us here at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at creativechurch. <laughs>